1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening whenever or wherever you're watching or listening. This is the Osmo NHL DFS Strategy Show, and I'm your host, Michael Clifford, a.k.a. Slim Cliffy, to break down... What went wrong last night with the New Jersey Devils? Our single entry assassin, Mr. Joshua Harris. Josh, how you doing today, buddy? Uh yeah,
1: that was a beatdown, and Marchand got his hat trick goal overturned, so it was eight to one instead of nine to one. I don't know. I mean, listen, the, the Devils have issues in goal with Blackwood out, so not super surprised. Maybe surprised that they almost got a ten spot put up on him, but. Not surprised that they lost that game.
0: Yeah, I I think it's, you know, eight to one. You don't necessarily expect that. I, it's a nice reminder that, like you said, the, the Devils are rolling with two AHL goalies, right? Like they started the season with Blackwood and Bernier. Here they are with Dawes and Gillies. Um, they gave up 80 pretty shots. Not a very good night from the New Jersey goaltending. Uh, Boston certainly had, uh, that Boston top line had an excellent night. Uh, Bergeron had the three-point bonus. Over on DraftKings, Marchand had a couple goals. Even DeBrusque had a multi-point night. Um, if you added in Nate, David Pasternak, which is something that we talked about yesterday on the show, he had the uh, the three-point bonus uh, for them. And also, like, they didn't play a lot. I, I, now, I get that the third period um, was some some less, less ice time for them because it was such a blowout already. Like, they didn't need to play the 20 minutes. But um, – it was something that I kind of noticed last night is that they definitely, you know, the concern, the ice time concerns were legitimate. Um, since, you know, the New Jersey goaltending is very illegitimate. So uh, Boston definitely had a good night. Uh, we uh, we saw some good nights uh, in the chat. Um, I believe uh, Jason Zyman took down second uh, in the 121 single entry, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, Hoffrao took down first in the 333. So, uh, congrats to them. Um, and Asobi. Asobi took down uh, this, the $1 uh, late late slate, I believe it was. Um, I'll have to double check that. But congrats to those three on very good nights last night. Um, I'm going to ask you how you did. I got absolutely crushed. Uh, I didn't have any Boston last night. I think I had like a couple defensemen or something like that, but obviously none of the forwards. Um, that certainly didn't play out well. Like. I had some lines that did fine. Like Carolina won. Their top line uh, was pretty good last night. Um, I did get uh, Victor Arvidsson in, and we got a goal out of him from Los Angeles. Uh, you know, the Leafs certainly went off. William Nylander had a had a great game for Toronto. So just did not have any Boston. How'd you do?
1: I was out all day. <laughs> So I set my lineup real early in the morning with no research, and I just left it because everyone was playing. I didn't play much volume because I didn't have a chance to research. I had Colorado one. McKinnon had his lowest output, output of the season when he's been healthy. So early night. I mean, I used the Islanders power play stack for whatever reason. I was feeling, like, crazy, I guess, yesterday. Um, I know you had concerns about the Islanders which I missed because I was busy, but came to fruition last night. You know what, like, for setting the lineup that early in the morning, it was kind of a wash for me. I, had, I dug in early this morning on this slate. I'm ready to go. Unfortunately, it's like you're either playing chalk or you're playing, like, really low-owned guys with concerns
0: yeah um it is a weird slate uh here tonight like we'll talk about each of the in- individual games as we'll go along um but there's two lines by our top stacks tool uh subscribers sh- should go check that out our top stacks tool we have a free up sometimes uh, not today for non-subscribers um That's our top sta- our top stacks tool has <laughs> um two lines coming in over 30 percent here tonight and they're at different ends of the pricing spectrum one of them is the Tampa top line. One of them is the Anaheim top line. Um, I think there are good reasons for those lines to be owned. Um, they're really priced down, especially on DraftKings. Um, I just think, you know, we'll talk about those games individually, but just in general, like we've, we've talked, we talked about it a few days ago when, you know, Connor McDavid was on the slate um, and he had uh, a solo... Um, there was no other top centers uh on the slate with him. Um, we talked about how ownership can kind of drive there. Um and 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 he was kind of on an island by himself. And when that happens, uh you kind of have to you kind of have to decide whether or not um you want to chase that ownership. So we'll definitely talk about uh those games here uh in a little bit. Before we get too much further, uh, if you guys could in the chat. Uh, Please throw us a thumbs up, click that subscribe button, Uh, the subscribe button, uh, the like and subscribe buttons. Those uh, likes and subscribes really help us out uh, here at Awesome Mode. Uh, We're definitely growing this channel. We're just over 75,000 subscribers now. Um, Those subscriptions definitely help us. Uh, So if you haven't, uh, if you haven't clicked the subscribe button yet, please do so because those subscriptions are what grow this channel and keep these shows coming. On a regular basis, um, be sure you click the alert too when we uh, to get click the notification bell to get alerts whenever we do go live. And free premium tools and data up on the site today. Today we have our NBA player rankings and our NHL player projections. So whether you're playing NBA or NHL, we have some free premium tools and data up on the site for everybody to check out today. So head on over to Osmo dot com and see uh what we have uh up on the site to help out uh anybody well most people playing some dfs uh here tonight i uh, also want to mention uh the power plays article by Vots jeff Fodler. he's the fourth man uh on the nhl on the nhl side here at awesome um he has his power Plays article up at awesome.com is free to read for everybody to check out um, so if you want to get Vots's thoughts, Vots thoughts, just kind of thought of that, uh, be sure to check out Osmo.com uh, and check out his Power Plays article under the NHL section. Uh, it seems uh, we temporarily uh, lost Josh here. Uh, seems like he might have a little bit problem with his connection. So we'll just roll along here uh, and talk about these games uh, a little bit slowly. And if in the chat, if you guys uh, have some questions... Uh, Feel free to throw them in the chat and we can talk about them as we go through these games here today. All right, let's talk about this first one here. We have the Nashville Predators with a three and a half implied goal total. They're going into Buffalo. The Buffalo Sabres have a 2.6 implied goal total. Now, anybody that's been watching this show, you know, any point for the last few weeks, uh, we've talked a lot about how ice time declines have affected a lot of teams uh, across the league. Um, the Buffalo Sabres are a perfect example of that. If you look at uh, the ice time for some of their top players, you know, Jeff Skinner's down around 17 minutes over the last seven games. Alex Tuck is under 18 minutes. Tage Thompson, just over 18 minutes. You know, there are a lot of times, um, especially earlier in the year where we saw Thompson, 19, 20, you know, definitely over 20 minutes a night. So, they are losing a little bit of ice time, but they're still in excellent line, and we'll dig into that in a second. On the other side, you have the Nashville Predators who are kind of going through the same thing. Um, over on DraftKings here tonight, uh, Philip Forsberg is the most expensive winger uh, that they have. He's priced at eight thousand dollars on DraftKings tonight, um, and he's playing under seventeen minutes a game over their last six games. You know, over the last couple of weeks, so. Um it's a lot to pay for only you know 16, 17 minutes of ice time. Uh, but it is a good line that could get decent matchups going into Buffalo here tonight. So we're gonna talk about this. Uh we're gonna talk about this uh in depth to try to figure out where the best plays are. So let's start with that Buffalo top line. Um one thing that I like to do and that we have done, you know, over the course of the season is not only look at how lines have done. Over, oh, hey, Josh is back. I just noticed.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, welcome back, Josh. Uh, we're just digging into the Nashville Buffalo game here. Um, I was talking about how both top lines are kind of losing ice time. Um, Philip Forsberg, expensive on DraftKings. Um, he's definitely he can be worth it, but it is a lot to pay for only sixteen, seventeen minutes of ice time. Why don't we get? Why don't you uh, give us some thoughts here on this game?
1: The thing is, like.
0: Oh, and it looks like we might have gotten Josh frozen uh, again here. Um, I'm just I'm just going to talk through this game real quick. Uh, Buffalo, Buffalo's top line has started to fall uh, defensively a little bit, and that's kind of the problem here. Oh, Josh says he lost power in the chat. Oh, that's tough. Uh, I can relate. Uh, having missed the show uh, about a week ago uh, with some lost power, uh, it happens. Uh, what can you do about it? Yeah. Um, To Buffalo's defensive numbers, they're allowing uh, 31 scoring chances against per 60 minutes uh, through the month of March, 2.9 expected goals against. Those numbers were considerably lower uh, earlier in the year, so they're definitely allowing more defensively, but offensively, they're still generating a lot. 39 scoring chances per 60 minutes and 3.4 expected goals for per 60. So they're still a very good offensive line. It's just, as we said, the problem is um, they don't aren't going to get a ton of minutes. Um, in fact, it's Michael Grandland, um, somebody that's not on the top line, that is leading the Nashville Fords in ice time over their last six games. So, um, you know, Nashville's probably, Buffalo's probably going to send out their top line a fair bit against that Nashville top line. But one thing Buffalo has been doing as well is sending out that Eakin Gergensen's Ocposo line uh, against the opposing Nashville uh, against the opposing top lines when Buffalo is at home. And that frees up that Buffalo top line to go up against some of the second and third lines here against uh, Nashville. And those depth lines have just not been good. And they just haven't been good for a while. Um, if you look, you know, just at Nashville too, their last 110 minutes together, they're only controlling 45% of the scoring chances. Conversely, Um, The Buffalo top line is at 54%. So that would be a matchup that could favor Buffalo one here tonight. The two issues are of course, one ice time two facing UC Saros. Who's arguably, you know, a top three, top five goalie in the league. But if you look, go look at our top stacks tool. um, We only have Buffalo coming in at about 2% ownership against a 9% top two stack percentage. Now, The reason, the two reasons the ownership is so low, um, is that Buffalo, like I said, Buffalo has been spreading out their ice time, so they're not getting as much ice time, and they are expensive. Like 19k over on DraftKings is definitely nothing to sneeze at. Um, You know, 20, almost 21,000 over on FanDuel. That's that's a hefty price to pay uh, for about you know 17 or 18 minutes of ice time. So that's the that's the situation we find ourselves in here tonight. Is can that Buffalo top line generate enough in 17 or 18 minutes, you know, some against the depth of Nashville, some against the top line uh, to score, you know, two, three goals against UC Saros. I think that Buffalo top line is definitely good enough. Um, You know, the Nashville defensive numbers have been on a slide uh, of late. Like they're not a top 10 team um, by uh, expected goals against, like they're kind of in that, Um, meaty middle area of the league, like that's nothing special. And being out in, you know, it's the top line that has been their best defensive line. So, you know, if Buffalo one doesn't see a ton of minutes against them, they'll see some of them, but not a ton of minutes. Um, Maybe they can run wild against the depth here. So I do like Buffalo one. The question is whether we want to dig into any of the Buffalo depth here, because the Buffalo, you know, second and third lines won't see any of that Nashville top line, which is the only tough matchup here. Um, you know Rasmus Asplund is actually having a fairly good season Victor Olofsson uh, just a couple games ago uh, went absolutely nuclear and that's what a guy like him can do um, he's just an excellent shooter um, call him like Patrick Line a Jr. or Diet Line a or something like that that's just what he does it's, he's a phenomenal uh, shooter and you know when he's on his game he can absolutely fill the net so like, I don't know if I go to that Cousins Krebs Hinnestroza line. They do seem to like Hinnestroza. He's been getting uh, some more minutes, but, um, you know, Middlestat, Olofsson, and Asplund have been kind of fine this year. Um, in their last 85 minutes together, uh, we're looking at, you know, 24 scoring chances for 16 against uh, for a 60% uh, scoring chance share. So that Buffalo third line of Asplund, Middlestat, Olofsson hasn't been awful. So if you want to, you know, one of the filler spots I think is fine here tonight is like a two-man middle stat Olsson, middle stat Asplund, or just one-offing, you know, an Olsson or something like that. Uh, save some cash, um, you know, get to those more expensive stacks that we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. So on the Buffalo side, it's Buffalo one, maybe some parts of that Buffalo three line. On the Nashville side. You know, the problem we're running into it, like I said, it's the same thing with Buffalo one. It's that they're not playing a ton of minutes and they're not that cheap. Like the full line uh, on DraftKings for Nashville one is over $19,000 um, and over on uh fan it's 20,300. So um, that Nashville top line is very expensive tonight. Josh is back here with us. So Josh, why don't you give us your thoughts on Nashville and that top line and maybe some of their depth forwards tonight?
1: Yeah. The first two times I tried talking about Nashville, someone just yanked the power out of New Jersey, apparently. (laughs) And it came back on a couple minutes later. I see it's really windy outside, but the power lines are below ground. So I don't know. Maybe there's tremors and maybe we have to get, you know, Bert and his expertise in the situation. But I don't know. Like I was talking to you before the show, before uh, I got so rudely interrupted by lack of power that I'm kind of interested in Nashville one It's 3.5 total. Like there's not many lines that have low ownership in this on this slate that don't have issues, whether it be minutes issues, matchup issues, this and that. So, you know, on DraftKings, eight K is a hefty price to pay for Forsberg for sixteen minutes, but like they've been rolling on the power play. Sabers penalty kill isn't great, so kind of interested in in Nashville one. I think you know if you. You take out like the names and stuff, like and minutes. I think you could go down to Nashville three. It doesn't feel sexy to load in Colton Sissons and Tanner Janelle on this line uh, on the slate, but like for a cheap two man, I think that's fine as well. Like the, the one thing that would keep me off Nashville two is they're just so low event and they don't have great possession numbers. So I think Nashville one is fine in GPP's. Obviously the minutes concerned and the price is a concern, but like it's kind of been that way for like a month now and they've been getting there. So this is a pretty good spot. If you want to pay the price for 16 minutes, go for it. I'm kind of in on Nashville three as a as a filler. Buffalo. Same kind of deal. Like that's that top line, low owned. But like Alex Tuck has been yo-yoed on and off that line the past few games, so there's concerns there as well. It's a good power play spot, but is Tuck going to be there the whole game? Do you want to pay 6300 for Alex Tuck to be on the third line by the second period? I don't know. So like this game is a decent target for MME. It's just like you're not going to play a line that doesn't have issues.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, right? Is like this is a six total. Like they're definitely expecting goals here, but they're just not expecting a lot of minutes for a lot of players. So you're gonna have to decide uh, whether you want to play um, the players for those minutes or not. I like I like you said. I think Nashville one is perfectly fine here tonight, but I do like um, Buffalo one. Maybe getting some of that second line matchup against the Preds here. Um, let's talk about some blue liners. Um, Matias Samuelson was back, uh, looks to be back for Buffalo. Um, he had been playing 19, 20 minutes, had done reasonably well uh, for min price. I think it's the Nashville defenseman that uh, a lot of people would be interested in. Like, hey, Yosi's price came down by $200, <laughs> um, at least over on DK. Uh, Alex Carrier, he's starting to get a little expensive. Like those that high three range feels a little exp- expensive. But Matias Ekholm has been shooting the puck like the Dickens lately. Um something that he doesn't normally do. Should are we riding the at-home wave here?
1: Might as well. That that wave, like in point break, comes every once every hundred years. So you gotta ride the wave until it crashes. So yeah, for 3,200, I'll I'll ride the at-home wave. And then on the Buffalo side, like I think it's between Henry Joke at min price and St. Center Fitzgerald at min price. It's like one of those things if you have a personal preference, you play that guy.
0: Yeah, I'm. I, like I know I'm probably uh, damning myself into Yokoharu putting up 20 DK points here tonight, but man, he just feels like, you know, Buffalo's Mikey Anderson, you know what I mean? Uh, just a ton of minutes, just not doing a lot with them, but he does project well, so I'm not going to say no to using a little bit of the joker here tonight. All right, let's get to our next game. Chicago, 2.4 implied goal total going into Tampa. Tampa Bay has a 4.1 implied goal total. This is one of the spots that we talked about a little bit at the start of the show that is going to be exceptionally high owned. Um, you know, we have that Tampa top line uh, much less ownership on FanDuel because on FanDuel, they're 20 over 25 K. So I guess it's, it's an easier decision on FanDuel if you can find a, a stack to go with them or maybe some one-offs that you might like, but on DraftKings, they're pretty cheap. They're under 20,000. They're at nineteen three. A lot of people are going to be on them. Um, you and know, I have talked about how Chicago really hasn't been terrible defensively. But, man, a 4.1 total. And these guys, like a lot of these guys, are playing 19 or 20 minutes a night. Like, they're not playing 16 or 17 minutes. They're getting ice time. So, like, what do you do about a line that is coming in at nearly 36% ownership and is right on leverage, according to top stacks?
1: like, I'm having trouble finding reasons other than they're really high-owned. Yeah, the, the Blackhawks have been a bit better defensively. But this is a back-to-back on the road. Granted, it's not a long trip from wherever the Panthers play in Florida to Tampa. But, like, I don't know. 35%, they still have positive leverage. Obviously, the top stack tools like them as well. They're very efficient. They're very good. They're that line sample in a small sample has been excellent. It's not like they're struggling five on five. Like they're probably at at least a 15% discount on DraftKings, maybe more this, this line in the middle of the season, if they were together, you could see them if they were rolling in the middle of the season, you'd see them in the mid 22s probably.
0: Yeah. I was going to say like, you could see a 23, even to 24 K line yeah. here if they're really rolling.
1: Yeah, this line should be priced like old Boston one, probably. So, like, what do you do in GPPs? Like, it's not like this is a, a very tough spot. Like, yeah, like, Chicago one played excellent last night, and they just ran into Bob. But, like, I don't know. There, there's legitimate data that shows that your defensive numbers fall off back-to-back back on the road. It's not like we're making it up. It's not a witch hunt. It's, it's a fact. So, I'm in on Tampa 1. There's ways you can get different, I would imagine. You can add in Killorn. Um, He doesn't play much, though, and that's a concern. Like, he's been playing, like, 13, 14 minutes, and he doesn't shoot the puck. But like, if you want to add them in for a power play stack, I think that's a way to get different. I wouldn't suggest, like, getting sneaky and leaving off Sam Coast and adding in Kaloran. That just feels like you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. So, Tampa 1, for me, you want to add in Kaloran. I think you can add in Hedman. Like, price really isn't too much of an issue. Like, if you do go, like, full Tampa 1 with Hedman, you can't get in Vegas 1. So, like, you're kind of cut off a little bit if you add in Hedman, so I think that will put you on a more unique path than just locking in Port, and off and then locking in another chalky line, so I think you either add in Kalorn, you add in uh, Hedman, or you add in both, but I would not suggest leaving one of those guys off the top line. On the Chicago side, like, yeah, it's an ownership play for me. For Chicago, one they're coming in one and a half, two percent. They played so well last night. Look, you just look at their numbers on that stat trick from last night. Like they, like if Bob didn't stand on their head, they're probably scoring three goals. So yeah, from ownership play, one percent. Like this is another line that has issues. This is a matchup problem. Like this is they're going into a really good team here. But I would rather play. I think. From like a minutes standpoint, I know minutes has been like the the key word for like concern, rightly. But I'd rather play Dubrincak, Strome, Kane than Nashville one because you know they're going to play more minutes. It is a you know more difficult matchup, but they're also fully correlated on the power play and Tampa's penalty kill, not super elite. So I'm in on a nice little uh, contrary in Chicago one to get a little bit different here tonight.
0: Yeah, I I'm glad you mentioned. Chicago one because I did want to bring them up like I did play them last night I didn't have a lot of them I think it was like two or three out of my 20 lineups I had Chicago one like they they had 13 shots on goal last night Patrick Kane hit the shot bonus with seven shots on his own like sometimes you just run into hot goalie like I was just checking Twitter for some lineup updates and I see Sergei Bobrovsky uh, finished the third star of the month (laughs) for the month of March so um, congrats to him but yeah his shutout last night it was a very good game, but Chicago, you know, that sh- at least that Chicago top line played well, uh, the Chicago top line, you know, their last 100 minutes together, um, 37 scoring chances generated, uh, four and 27 against, like they're controlling 58% of the scoring chances in their last 100 minutes. They're playing pretty well. The issue is, like you said, back to back on the road is a tough situation. And that new Tampa second line with Sorelli, Palat, Kalorn, um, that's the line that they're probably going to be matched up against. Uh, That line has actually been fairly good defensively. So it's not a, it's a bad five on five matchup, but like you said, the power play might, the power play might be the difference here. Like it might shock some people, but the Chicago power play has actually been top 10 in the league by expected goals against over the last month. Um, they're just behind Pittsburgh and St. Louis and Carolina in that regard. Um, They've been very, very good. At the other end of the spectrum, you have the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have come in 22nd by expected goals against on the penalty kill over the last month, sandwiched between Philadelphia and Columbus. That's not good company. (laughs) The penalty kill has been legitimately bad. What saved them is Andre Vasilevsky. The, the the goaltending they they're getting 923 goaltending on the penalty kill over the last five weeks like you know what do you do about that you run into a hot goalie, you run into a hot goalie chicago knows all about that from last night so like yeah i think i'm with you i think i'm going back to uh, some chicago one here again it's going to be a situation where i think i'm 20 maxing tonight and i'll have like two out of 20 lineups will be chicago one or something like that like i'm not going to go 40 percent Chicago one or something like that here but yeah one or two absolutely the Tampa side honestly I think if I'm playing Tampa tonight it's our old buddy Mr. Josh Stack um over on DraftKings you can stack up to six skaters and Kevin Lankinen is in net I think he's a worse goalie than Colin D'Elia honestly um that's something that definitely works in Tampa's favor and it it obviously dilutes the ownership a lot and lets you create basically kind of any lineup that you want um, when you go with six uh, Tampa skaters. So, you know, the top line plus Kalorn, you know, maybe add a third liner like Hagel or or Colton or something like that. Maybe they can get on the board and then throw in Hedman or somebody on the blue line. Like, I think that's, I think that's how I'm going to attack Tampa tonight for a good portion of, of the stacks that I do use Tampa. It's just going to be a straight, you know, straight power play stack. Um, you know, try to get the top guys in the lineup or just full six-man Josh Stack over on DraftKings. That's how I'm treating the Bolts. Uh, like I said, don't mind a little bit of Chicago 1. On the blue line, um, you know, he, I, I think Hedman's always in play. Um, Mikhail Sergachev. the minutes have actually, with Ryan McDonough out of the lineup, the minutes have actually gone to Sergeyev more than anybody else. Like, Jan Rudas is actually playing... St- some minutes, like decent minutes on some nights. So you can say him as well, but you know, Sergachev has been like 22, 23 minutes without McDonough. Um, he seems reasonably priced at a third, the ownership um of Victor Hedman. So don't mind him on the other side. Uh, Jake McCabe, I think is the guy that I would go to for a punt from the Chicago blue line. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree on McCabe and I'm looking at Josh stack options. Like you go power play one plus Sorelli or plus Kalorin or excuse me, PowerPlay 1 plus Sorelli or Palat, and it's just like, eh, Nick Paul. Eh. I think PowerPlay 1 plus Sergachev is going to put you on a very, very unique path. Um, you don't have to worry about, you know, finding a punt D. That way you can find a a, a filler line that you like. Yeah like, you know, Sergeyev's going to get his massive minutes in that 4,900. If this game does like kind of get out of hand, like he may see top power play minutes in the third period, you know what I mean? So of all the players you can put with power play one, I think Sergeyev might actually be the best option.
0: Yeah, I kind of, I really do like that call. I do like Sergeyev here tonight. Get access to all the great Osmo awesome Plus tools and content for nearly every DFS sport out there with an Osmo awesome Plus weekly pass for $29.95 this includes full access to all the premium content and tools on osmo.com including player projections ownership projections our top stacks our lineup builder and a whole lot more of course if you're only looking to play nhl dfs then you can sign up for one of our osmo plus nhl packages for as low as $3.95 a week please note that fantasy cruncher is an add-on and can be easily added on to any of these packages at checkout but it is not included in our base package uh, sounds like King bacon pie, big fan of fantasy cruncher. However, fantasy cruncher Good. is a very valuable addition to your DFS arsenal. So for those looking to enter multi-enter contest, uh, make sure to add it to your package. Stop guessing, start winning. Join Osmo Plus today. All right. Let's talk about your boys here, Josh, New York Rangers 3.1 at home against the New York Islanders. The New York Islanders have a 2.4 implied goal total. A uh, couple notes here. One, uh, the Islanders played last night and Ilya Sorokin is still hurt. So we're either getting a back-to-back Semyon Varlamov, which, like, I think... This is crazy enough to do that because we add um, playoffs again. Um, but at the same time, um, like, there's no reason not to go to the backup goalie and the backup goalie would be Corey Schneider here. Um, he was called up from Bridgeport. Um, yes, that Corey Schneider, the guy from the New Jersey Devils uh, that's been out of the NHL basically for a couple of years now. So it looks like it could be a real good matchup for your Rangers. And we talked about it uh, on yesterday's show with Jake. The Islanders defensive numbers have really, really fallen off fallen off over the last month or two. Um, some of their lines are really allowing a lot of scoring chances and not just for the Islanders, just in general across the league. They've been very poor defensively. So I think there's a lot to like on the Rangers side here, Josh. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see the top line of the Rangers at like six percent, six and a half, seven percent because they're always chalk in not the best spots. And tonight, they're in probably one of their better five on five matchups this season, and they're not really owned at all. I guess it's because downers don't take many penalties, and you know, the the Rangers have been living on the power play. However, since Toronto moved up to that top line this week, they've been rolling. Um, and that top line for the Islanders, Lee Nelson Bavillier, like they, they're very high event. Like their offensive numbers have started to slip. Their defensive numbers are starting to slip even more. Like they're giving up 16 high danger chances for 60 and a 3.55 expected goals against for 16. That's not a small sample. That's over 100 minutes now, 30 scoring chances against. Like, this Rangers top line with Vetrano there, you know, they're controlling two-thirds of the the scoring chances. So I'm in on on Rangers one. Like, it's rare to see a Rangers line five-on-five have those good numbers. And if you're going to get them going into a bad defensive Islanders line with possibly Corey Schneider 12 years past his prime, (laughs) like, yeah, I'm in on Rangers one. That second line, I think you can go to as well. Um, not a huge fan of Dryden Hunt. That second line for the Islanders, you know, a bit better defensively. So I think from a five-on-five standpoint, I'm going to go to that top line. And if you need a filler, like I know Barclay Goodreau, Hedl, and Lafreniere don't have great numbers together. That's because, you know, Goodreau sucks. But, like, Hedl and Lafreniere, they, play, they have fairly good numbers together. And that Bailey, Pajot, Paul Palmieri line sucks. So, like, if you need a cheap filler, I think heat a lot from the air is a, is a nice way to get different on the slate. Like, yeah, like, they may only play 13, 14 minutes, but it's 5,200 for the two of them going into the worst defensive line in the Islanders, which is saying something because that top line is pretty bad. I would avoid power play stacking. I mean, you could, but the Islanders don't take enough penalties. And the Rangers are actually not great at drawing penalties either, so... I think I would just stick to full stacking the top line or, you know, going to two guys on the third line. On the Islanders' side, like, that top line has been generating a bunch, but, like, there's two things that worry me about the Islanders tonight. One, the Rangers have been better defensively, and they've been limiting shot chances. And two, those shot chances that have been limited
0: are going to Igor. So, like,
1: back-to-back on the road, I'm probably out on the Islanders.
0: Yeah, I, I think what, I mean, part of the reason you're seeing low ownership on, on the Rangers, I think, is because it's, it's kind of tough to fit them um, with that Tampa top line. Certainly, you cannot do it on FanDuel. On DraftKings, you can, I think, but you need to go with two sub-3K defensemen. So, you know, if, you're, if you want to kind of double punt your defenseman, you can do it. Um, but I think that's why you're seeing very reasonable ownership on that Rangers top line. Like, I want to start with the Rangers third line. Actually, I agree with you. Going into that uh, Islanders third line, 2.7 expected goals against for 60 minutes, only controlling 46% of the expected goals when they're on the ice. They aren't very good. We talked about them every time the Islanders are on the slate. So I think they're fine. You know, if you just want to one-off, I think even just one-offing Lafreniere um, just to save some money on, you know, some more expensive stacks uh, is perfectly fine. But I do like that Rangers top line here. Like, I'll just flat out admit it, I was wrong. About that line. I didn't think Frank for Toronto would fit well on the first line. I thought he'd do much better on the second line. But yeah, you're right. They've looked absolutely dynamite since he's been there, both by the eye test and and by the numbers. So, um, you know, the Islanders top line isn't awful like they do carry 54% uh, of the expected goals when they're on the ice, but they are 2.7 expected goals against for 60 minutes, which is like 15% worse than the league average, which is considering this is the Islanders who are typically great defensively. That's not great. So yeah, I do like Rangers one here. Um, if you want to get a little bit and maybe add in like an Andrew Cobb for some additional power play exposure or anything, something like that, I think it's fine. But I think it's just Rangers one that I would focus on the most. On the other side, um, there's just not a lot that I really want to play from the Islanders. Like again, we're running into the problem uh, two problems now. Like you said, the first problem has always been Igor. The second problem is like the, the Rangers have turned a corner defensively as you mentioned. So um I'm not going to say no to playing any of the Islanders lines because anything can happen in a given night of NHL but like we have their top three lines under two and a half percent combined top two stack percentage like we're not expecting much from them here tonight so um I I think if anything I would go to like Barzal, Wallstrom, Parisi um they've actually been playing well um you know Panarin and Hunt aren't like great defensive players cop isn't either, but like they're all pretty good offensive so that, you know, they can carry the play. But I think if the Islanders do anything here tonight, it's a high paced second line matchup. So Barzall wash Wallstrom, two man Barzall Perise, something like that. Uh, but it's Rangers one or bust really for me on the blue line. Like as much as I want to play Noah Dobson 6,100 for 20 minutes is just such a hard pass. Um, They're just not giving any of their defensemen enough minutes for me to really be interested in here. Uh, On the Rangers side, uh, you know, Adam Fox always in play for correlation. But Keandre Miller, he's looked pretty good over the last month. He had that pretty nice OT goal there a couple weeks ago, too. Don't mind him for a mid-price guy. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, you watch Keandre Miller and you you think he'd be excellent for DFS. (laughs) That's not always the case, like his peripherals come and go, but at mid-price, again, you you take the chance if you need a guy at mid-price. He has very high offensive upside.
0: Yep, I agree with that. Uh, Let's move along to my favorite game on the whole slate. Ottawa, 3.0 implied goal total going into Detroit. The Red Wings have a 3.1 implied goal total. Uh, Just a small lineup note here. It looks like Tyler Ennis is coming in on the third line for Chris Tierney, so Ennis will be playing with Matthew Joseph and Colin White. Um, Detroit with Oscar Sunkfist in the lineup uh, has been sending out that line, the Ernie Suter Sunkfist line uh, against the opposing top lines. And I was just flooding our (laughs) discord with with defensive charts for Ernie and Sunkfist and Suter. Like they are just not, uh, they just don't look like they will be a good line. If you look at just the numbers with Suter and Ernie skating together, 42% of the scoring chances when they're on the ice, like, I don't think they'll be able to uh, control Ottawa one here tonight. I think both top lines actually are very much in play here. What do you like?
1: Yeah, I like both top lines here. It's just a matter of which one you like more. So the Senators are starting a 21-year-old AHL goalie, Matt Sogard, and I think that will push ownership to the Red Wings. And if it's just because no one recognizes the name, Matt Sogard. If you start digging into him a little bit, he looks like a legitimate prospect possibly the senator's goalie of the future um that's why maybe they didn't give anton forsberg a 38-year contract it was just a three-year contract because they expect this guy to be ready sooner than later now maybe obviously they gave him the contract so they don't think Matt is going to be completely ready right now but they want to see what they have with them you look at the comparables and igor's on the list he's not at the top of the list of the comparables but anytime you kind of see a list with igor there you kind of you know raise the eyebrow a little bit but i kind of went off on a tangent there but I, what i what i meant was that's probably going to push some ownership to detroit one i think you're going to get Ottawa one a little bit lower owned than detroit one tonight and i think that's where i want to go just because one it's a good power play matchup two excellent five on five matchup drake batherson is getting his legs under him he can only get better from here so In on Ottawa 1, you want to go to Detroit 1, I think that's fine as well. They're going to get bottom six matchups of the Senators. Now, granted, like, Matias Joseph, Colin White, Tyler Ennis might actually be decent defensively for Sen standards. Like, Matias Joseph is going to be a good two-way winger in this league, hopefully, like he should be. I don't know. Like, I mean, I I think Detroit 1 is perfectly fine as well. I think I just give a slight lean to Ottawa 1 here as well. I think Jacob Rana... Is a good one-off as well. I really don't want a full stack Verona valeno Gagne. Like the stutzla formentin Brown line has been pretty good for per cent standard. So like, okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba
0: Casino. That's right, chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Stacking that second line just feels bad. But like one offing Verona or adding Verona to Detroit One, I think is a nice way to get additional power play.
0: Yeah. Um, I will say, like, I'm not going to go too long here. I really do like Ottawa 1 here tonight for two two reasons. One, they're going to get some of that Detroit 3 matchup. And like we said, that doesn't look like it's going to be a good line whatsoever. Uh, and two, um, the, the Detroit penalty kill has been really, really bad. Bottom 3 penalty kill by expected goals against in the month of March. Um, and at 5-on-5, five five, the team as a whole is bottom 10 by expected goals against. Um, it's just like Ottawa's a much better defensive team than Detroit is. And that's kind of surprising to say, and Detroit, um, like, I don't know why um, they put Danny DeKaiser back in the lineup. Like at one (laughs) point he was a good defensive defenseman, but injuries have just, you know, kind of ruined his career. Like he just makes that, that already bad defensive team worse defensively, Uh, Ottawa one really do like them here tonight. I think Ottawa two's kind of fine as a filler. Uh, I think they're just coming in a little bit over on. So it's probably Ottawa one most for me out of this game on the blue line. Um, the sends are really starting to spread out the, the ice time, like Branstrom, when he first started getting the power play minutes was at like 24, 25. He's closer down to like 20, 21 minutes of late. Um, I think if you're looking for a guy that could run up some blocks like I think Nick Holden is actually fine here. I, I laughed at Michael DelZalda's price. 4100 Um, I think that's a pass for me. Uh, on the Detroit side, if you need a punt, always like Jake Wallman uh, Cedar if you're going Detroit 1. What do you think? Last hell. <sighs> Thank you very much. We are a Jake Wallman podcast here.
1: You look at his numbers, you give Wallman the minutes, right you give wallman 20 minutes and the blues aren't trading for nicoletti he's going to be good so yeah wallman if you want 16 minutes to jake wallman uh fine holden i think is the guy as well
0: all right uh let's move this along then uh we talked about yahoo fantasy a little bit earlier in the show and we have partnered with yahoo fantasy this nhl season to bring you some great offers Check out our exclusive limited-time offer, which gets you one free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. To qualify, you need to be new to Yahoo, sign up for an account via the link below, deposit and play. That's it. Yahoo will send us your name after you played in your first paid contest, and we will reach out via email with your coupon. Make sure to use our DFS tools and projections designed specifically for Yahoo to give yourself the best shot at winning big. All right. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, Mike Smith just got confirmed.
0: St. Louis, <laughs> 3.1 implied goal total going into Edmonton. Edmonton, three and a half implied goal total. As Josh said, Mike Smith confirmed for the Oilers. Jordan Bennington similar, similarly confirmed for the, for the Blues. I guess you'd call them their respective teams backup goalies at this point. Neither like neither's really having a good season. Bennington's really been bad, oh, you know, over the last month or so. That's why Husos pretty much grabbed the starting role job. Um, St. Louis is playing in Calgary tomorrow. That's why they're starting Bennington tonight. But uh, <laughs> uh, what do we do here, Josh? Because they were expecting uh, over six and a half goals as it was already, and now we're getting two, the two backups. What do you think? It's
1: funny because I saw the in the lineup builder click confirm to Mike Smith and you or, and Jordan Bennington, and you immediately saw a fifteen percent jump in McDavid's ownership. <laughs> It went from like nine to 11 as soon as Bennington got confirmed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know, like, with Mike Smith confirmed, like it's not the best five on five matchup for St. Louis. One, but like, they're cheap and they're coming in at six and a half, seven percent. You can fit them with Tampa and Ron O'Reilly, Peron have been really, really good recently. So I kind of like the Blues top line here tonight. Like, here's the thing. Like, McDavid, that line plays a ton of minutes. Dry saddle, that line plays a ton of minutes. McDavid's not going to be glued to O'Reilly. He's not going to be glued to Thomas. They're just going to get a bunch of top six for his top six. So, like, like, that dry saddle line has also been pretty good defensively. But, like, it's Mike Smith. They're not very good on the penalty kill. I think going to either of the top six Blues lines here makes some sense. Now we're going to talk about that hot word time on ice and they do play against tomorrow and they've already had minutes concerns and the top nine always plays like almost the same. But Like if, if you can get me 17 minutes of O'Reilly Perron instead of like 16 minutes of 8K Forsberg, again, I'd rather play St. Louis one than Nashville. It just is what it is. So like, I like St. Louis one probably better than St. Louis two, just because they're cheaper. Um, and O'Reilly, Perron have been rolling. Um, so yeah, St. Louis one for me. You want to go to St. Louis too? I'm not going to tell you no. But again, like you just have those 16 to 18 minutes concerns. On the Edmonton side, like we were, t- you were talking before the show how you wish Puljuari was down on that third line because the third line of the Blues of Barbashev, Shen, uh, Torpichenko are just awful. But like. That third line of Edmonton's not great either. And like, maybe I want to play Nugent Hopkins, but his line mates are just so bad. So, like, I kind of like the McDavid, Puliarvi, Kane line. I think, you know, it's not the best matchup, but McDavid's best numbers are with Puliarvi. Just that's also a fact. Puliarvi's best numbers are with David. That's also a fact. Evander Kane's not going to hurt there. They're going to see a good bit of time against O'Reilly Perron, but like, it's McDavid and he's. Eleven percent projected right now. Anytime McDavid's projected under twenty percent, I, I I break out in hives because if I fade him, it seems like one of those elite spots for him to go off at low ownership. And then the same with the second line: sidle coming in eight percent, Hyman five point seven percent. You know what I mean? Like going like McDavid, Hyman, Drysaddle would be the one like three-man stack I may do if I if I have the uh, the cojones to fade Tampa in one lineup. Get them well-owned Edmonton.
0: Yeah, um, I really do like the Edmonton top line here tonight. Like you said, it sucks that some of their matchups are going to be going into that O'Reilly line because the O'Reilly line, we, say, we said it a lot, you know, over the last month or so, they've really turned the game around. Uh, they're only allowing 22 scoring chances against per 60 minutes at 5-on-5 five five over the last 75 minutes. I think the league average somewhere is around 27 or 28, so obviously they're really good defensively. But again... Um, they're going to get enough of the second line matchups where it's not a huge concern that St. Louis second line, you know, they've been good, um, but they do have some off games. And, you know, you talk about minutes concerns, Alexei Toropchenko played more minutes than Vladimir Tarasenko in St. Louis's last game. And Toropchenko is a call up. Like that's the minutes concerns are real, real problems here with St. Louis outside of the top line. Like O'Reilly's probably going to play 18 or 19 minutes or whatever. So, I'm with you. I think I, I do like the St. Louis top line on the blue side. I, I'm going to leave those second and third lines to other people like the St. Louis second line is, is good offensively. It's just, you know, is Tereschenko going to play 15 minutes tonight uh, or 18 minutes? It seems like there's been a lot of 15 minute games lately. He can get there in 15 minutes, especially against Mike Smith. Um, but where are both of these teams and both, and a lot of these lines are coming in at, or near their leverage spots. And you talked about Edmonton one's low ownership, Edmonton one, St. Louis one like them both here in this game. Um, Especially with the goalies that we just got confirmed. So like, I think Edmonton one is, is the pivot. If you don't want to play the super chalky Tampa one, they're uh, roughly the same price. Obviously it's a tougher matchup. That's why there's consider, that's why they're at one sixth, the ownership of Tampa one here tonight. So Tampa Edmonton one, St. Louis won. On the blue lines, um, the Oilers are still kind of spreading out their ice time, which is really annoying. Um, like, cor- I wouldn't even sort of correlate with Tyson Berry. That guy's over 5K now. Like, that's really, really pushing it. I don't know. Do we go back to Cody CeCe? Uh, what do we do here?
1: I don't mind CC for 3K. I also don't mind Brett Kulak for mid-price. But, like, I don't think I'd pay up for the, the expensive Edmonton defenders. And on the blue side,
0: not much there that I like at all. Yeah, one thing I will say, um, Darnell Nurse is coming in with almost no ownership. He's a guy that can, you know, kind of really break a slate by himself if he has one of his, you know, patented fantasy games. If you're 20-maxing, mmeing, I think it's worth, you know, throwing in a few Nurse lineups. But, yeah, single entry I would probably avoid. All right, Vegas, two, 3.4 implied gold total. They're going into Seattle. Seattle is a 2.6 implied gold total. If this all sounds very familiar, it's because they played each other a couple nights ago in Seattle. This is just a replay of that game. Um, doesn't look like we're getting uh, any significant line changes. Jared McCann has jumped to the top line uh, for Seattle with Alex Wenberg and Jordan Eberly. Um, they're going to get probably second to third line matchups here as the Gord line from Seattle will face off against Jack Eichel. Uh, Vegas is coming in with reasonable ownership here, like reasonably high ownership. Um, so what do we do here with a line that, you know, Seattle's actually not been terrible defensively. It's just been, you know, their goaltending has really, really let them down. So what do we do here? Yeah.
1: On the contrary, with uh, moving up McCant to that top line and having a second line of Gord Kuhlman Rask, that line played against Vegas two nights ago and they absolutely got caved. And I was looking, I was looking for reasons to fade Vegas one tonight. I just, again, it's one of those things where like I'm not finding many reasons now. You say, you say Ras or Kuhlman going to get that top line of Eichel. They're bad defensively. You're like, oh, maybe this Seattle coach will smarten up and put McCann Wenberg, Wendberg against Eichel. They're bad defensively. So, I don't know. Like, Vegas is battling for a playoff spot, so you know Jack Eichel is going to get his big minutes tonight. And he's one of the rare guys that you, that you know for sure he's going to get his minutes. Like, he, he might be the only person on the slate who you know is going to play over 20 minutes tonight who has ownership right now. Like, Tampa 1, like, yeah, they're probably they're probably sniff 20. You know for sure Eichel's playing over 20 tonight. So, 7,200, I, I definitely think he's in play. You want to full stack that line. The guys with him are cheap. I think full stacking that line is the play because you can't fit them with Tampa 1 and Hedman. You can fit them without Hedman, but I feel like leaving off Hedman in that Tampa stack tonight is a bit risky. So I don't know. I think full stacking Vegas one here will put you on a, a unique path. Even if you do, you know, take a piece or two from, from Tampa, you want to go down that second line. They're getting pretty high ownership too. I think I'd rather just go up to that top line or go to the top line and add in a Marshall. So for more power play on the Seattle side like I the McCann Eberle I think maybe would be the two man I go I know they don't have great numbers together five on five but Vegas's penalty kill hasn't been great and you do at least get some five on five correlation there so if you had to go to a Seattle line tonight it would be that top line for you know power play with McCann and Eberle
0: yeah, I, I do want to start with the power play matchups uh, a little bit here because neither penalty kill has really been great over the last month or so, but the Seattle power play is just an abomination, whereas so whereas the Vegas power play is actually passable. Um, so I like your idea of, you know, if you want to get away from some really high Vegas ownership is top line plus Marcia. So, um, you know, turn into some sort of power play stack. Like, um. Marshall. So has just been absolutely shooting the lights out. He's just a bit of a shooting percentage problem. Jack Eichel, same thing. He's been shooting a lot as well. It's just a little bit of a shooting percentage problem. Like if those percentages ever regress, they're going to really start filling the net. And, you know, we always say you want to get in on the ground floor before uh, those things start regressing. We just, you know, does it happen in the next four weeks? I guess we're going to find out. Um, But I, yeah, I do like the idea of Vegas one plus a So or you know, just flat Vegas one. Um, Don't mind the ownership here tonight. I think there are enough spots where you can look and get different um, especially if they're going to keep sending out that, that Victor Rask against, <laughs> against that top line. I don't know. I, I can see the McCann line kind of putting, uh, uh putting up a fight if, you know, if they're yeah. on their game. Um, But if they send out, you know, Victor Rask against them, it could be a very long night. So I do like uh, Vegas one more than Vegas two here tonight. I'm not, I'm not, slam- I, I like Michael Amadio as a player. I think he probably belongs in the NHL. I'm not slamming in like 12% Michael Amadio here tonight. It's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> so Vegas one, I think Seattle one is kind of fine here. Uh, McCann, Everly and Wenberg. The problem is we keep talking about it. Nobody gets any minutes on this team. You know what I mean? Uh, I think Gord got up to 20 in their last game, but he's not even on that line. So what do you do? Uh, out on Seattle in on Vegas one. On the blue line, uh, Seattle's playing pretty much four defensemen. I do like Adam Larson on DraftKings for some blocks here tonight. Uh, on the on the Vegas side, uh, I you know, Braden McNabb came in and played nearly 20 minutes in their first game back, but he's kind of expensive. I think it would just be looking at their power play guys like Theodore and Petrangelo.
1: Yeah, Theodore is having a weird season too, but, like, I think you have to include him in power play stacks or even Vegas one stacks. Elk Martinez in minutes hasn't really come up yet. Ben Hutton's been playing like 17, 18 at mid-price. I think he's fine. And on the Seattle side, I agree. Adam Larson is probably the only guy, definitely the only guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, one little problem is I think Vegas went 11-7 in their last game and Angel was the only defenseman to crack 20 minutes and he played like 20-30 or something like that. So could be some minutes concerns if they go back to that again here tonight. Here at Osmo, we have the Osmo Hall of Fame where we like to celebrate subscriber success. If you'd like to get into the Osmo Hall of Fame, this is how you do it. You download the Osmo avatar from osmo.com avatar. You place in the top three of any contest with at least 5,000 contestants. You tweet those wins into the Osmo Hoff account on Twitter. And if you do all that, you can win a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. Dave DeRemer, man, this guy is pretty much showing up just about every day in the Osmo Hoff. A uh, couple takedowns. It's, he's usually here for Paralays. He said he had a couple of takedowns last night, a couple first places in NBA, taking uh, five figures in profit. Congrats to Dave. Uh, third place, Mike Diamond, 15K um, over on FanDuel playing NBA as well. Um, congrats to him. Uh, Tyler Matisse, uh, 80K, third, uh, second place in PGA back over the weekend. Kay Silva, saw him tweeting into the account uh, playing CS. Uh Geo. Um, I play that sometimes as well. I think it's pretty enjoyable. Uh congrats to him on his first place, three dollars finish and rocker roller 20k first place solo in NASCAR last weekend. Congrats as well. Get into the Osmo Hall of Fame. Send in your screenshots to the Osmo Hoff account. Coming up after us, uh Locks Before Lock, our NBA prop betting show comes up as f- at 4:15 Eastern with Greg and Savoca. And then our NBA double dose of the deeper dive and live before lock. Uh, We got one more game to get through before we get out of here. If you guys could please throw uh, a like and subscribe. If you haven't already, those really uh, help us out. Uh, You don't have to spend your money here, but just clicking those buttons really do help us. And thanks again uh, to Yahoo fantasy for being our sponsor. Uh, First time DFS players check out the giveaway through Yahoo below. All right, Josh. Anaheim, 2.9 implied goal total going into Arizona. The Coyotes have a 3.1 implied goal total. Um, you'll see the, tot- the totals have probably moved to the Anaheim side because of the injury to Clayton Keller here. Um, Keller was hurt in their last game. He's out for the season, might be out for the start of next season. We don't we're, We don't have Arizona lines. I don't imagine we'll get them we have guesses up in our lineup builder of what we think it's going to be with Richie Galchenyuk Schmaltz on the top line, leaving that second line as is. I think Barrett Hayden might be on the top line in place of Galchenyuk because they really seem to hate Galchenyuk of late. Like that guy's just like been not playing um, down on the fourth line and third line. So I think it might be Barrett Hayden on the top line, but either way um, those guys are mid price. So as long as you leave them in your utility, you can swap one or the other once those lineups come out. On the Anaheim side, Sonny Milano jumped to the line with Trevor Zegers, and we talk about how important that is for Zegris because those two have really good chemistry and have all season, but the Anaheim ownership is absolutely out of control. What do you think?
1: Back-to-back on the road, 26% ducks. Let's go! Like, no. (laughs) The only only place I'm going is, you know, I, I, I just won't go there. But, like, Anaheim won at that ownership, I'm out. Like, I'm sorry. You like, you want to play them with Tampa 1 because they fit nicely with Hedman, go ahead. If they beat me, I'll tip my cap tomorrow and say congratulations to all the Ducks riders. Um, I don't know. Like, if anything, i maybe one-off Adam Henrique just because he's on the top power play. And he's coming in with way less ownership than Zegras. And Arizona penalty kill is awful. Clayton Keller is was the Coyotes' best player by far. Maybe you know, I don't know, like thirty percent Zegras, like twenty five percent Troy Terry. Like if they were home and they were fresh, and there was ways to get different, but like. People are just, like, blindly going to load in Tampa one, Ducks one. You know what I mean? So, like, at that ownership, I just can't do it. You want to go to the Arizona side, where are we going? You know what I mean? Like, you want to play Nick Ritchie, Nick Schmaltz two-man for some power play? Like, I know the Ducks penalty kill is bad, but you take Keller out of this lineup, and it is just a who's who of who. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. Like, if this game didn't exist, it would be better. But, like, there's so much ownership on this game that I hope it stays low scoring so the guys that I do play get some lower ownership.
0: Yeah, I like, I think if you want a one-off, like, a Nick Schmaltz, I think that's fine because, obviously, if this offense does anything, it's probably going to go through him. Two-man Schmaltz and Richie I think is okay, um, given it's a back-to-back for Anaheim. But that's, like, I'm with you. I'm fading that Anaheim ownership. Um, I actually like Carl Vemelka he's my favorite player in the entire game so I'm gonna have probably a fair bit of Vemelka let's get to our hat trick picks and our goalies here Josh Uh, my hat trick pick love the Drake Drake Batherson from Ottawa my goalies are Vemelka as I just mentioned I'm gonna be playing some Sogard uh, from Ottawa as well Uh, obviously if you want to pay up uh, both Saros and Igor just fine what do you think?
1: Yeah, the goalies I wrote down. I like both goalies in this late game. And I, I wrote down Mads. I think spending up is Igor for Josh Tack when you play that goalie. Otherwise, it's not a Josh Tack. Um, and Robin Leonard, if he starts, I think is...
0: Uh, they said Thompson's going to start.
1: Thompson it is. And then my hat trick pick is going to be... Jack Eichel.
0: Oh, I like it. Jack Eichel, Drake Batherson... Your hat trick picks. All right, we are out of here. We will be back tomorrow uh, with another NHL strategy show. I believe it's at 11 a.m. Eastern, different uh, from our last couple of weeks. So until then, for producer Mike, for a single-entry assassin, Mr. Joshua Harris, I'm Michael Clifford saying good luck tonight, everybody.